The Bruins and Celtics continue to be best in their leagues with a record of 70-17-4 and combined. We check in on both those teams coming up in just a little bit. Also, it's winter weekend for the Red Sox. Going to check in with Corey Kluber, the newest free agent signee, and talk with Patriots All-Pro punt returner Marcus Jones. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. The success of the Bruins and Celtics should not be overlooked or understated in any way, shape, or form at this point. The Boston Bruins are 36-5-4. They have won 31 more games than they have lost this year. They have scored an NHL-best 173 goals. They have allowed an NHL-least 96 goals. The Bruins are that good, and they took their act on the road to New York this week for back-to-back games against the Islanders and Rangers. And once again, the Bruins showed how good they are. In those two games, they outscored the opposition 7-2 to and continued to dominate. Jeremy Swayman in the nets against the Rangers, and it was Linus Olmark in between the pipes against the Islanders. We're going to check in on the Boston Bruins right now and go inside the locker room. David Krejci on Monday played his 1,000th game all with the Bruins, and here's what Krejci had to say post-game. You know, on the ice and in the room, it felt like this meant so much to your teammates. If on the ice, so Bergie stepped out of the face-off, you want to make sure that you got the ovation for the fans. In the room, the guys are talking about how much you mean to them. Obviously, it's an individual accomplishment, but the fact that your teammates think you mean so much to them, what does that mean? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, they make it really easy on me. Um, all the guys are uh, are great here, and, and, and um, you know, I've, I've been I've been around them for for a long time. Um, we got we got all team. I, I feel like don't we have like one of the oldest teams in the league, and so. Um, it's really fun to come back to, you know, with, with all the guys I knew, and and uh, yeah, they they let me go on a, on a warm up uh, first. Um, I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> I got to get my hips going, so I'm glad they came right after me. They didn't let me do some laps, but yeah, those are um, those are the moments you're gonna remember for a long time. Um, I just don't know. I, I don't know what to say. David Posternock is fourth in the NHL with 63 points. He has scored 35 goals. Two of those goals came against the Flyers on Monday. Boss, this has been your best season goal scoring wise. What role have, do you think Krejci has had you know, in that? Uh, I think Vic. You know, if, if you look, uh, sometimes the, the season is so long that uh, uh, you can't have every game. You can be on, on the, your A game. You know, and and uh, I think. Um, you know, coach has done. Monty has done a great job of little uh, switching lines when when it's needed. You know, and and I've been. You know, uh, uh, I think the lines were consistent, uh, no matter who we play with. You know, and and uh, uh, you know we had some tough games, and that's when I played with Bergy, and and then you know came back together always strong. So um, I think that's the big part. How would you describe your kind of your chemistry on the ice that? Allows because he's like getting the puck on the net more. You're playing a little bit more, you know, under control. Like, what, how does he rub off on you uh, on the ice? Uh, I mean, like it's easier if you if you know each other as a player, right? Uh, I how I said uh, we've been we played some times together already, and and we know uh, uh, what they expect from each other. And it's the same thing with Bergie and Marsh. You know, uh, when you play with some players for a while, uh, you kind of get know what to do and and where to go and and. Uh, you know, with Krejci, we have such a special chemistry too that uh, we don't even need to talk to, to each other about uh, where to go. 
<laughs> you mentioned earlier this is the, your best season to date statistically. Do you feel like this has been your your best season, or are you just getting more puck luck? Do you feel like you're playing at you know higher level? Um, yeah, I feel good. You know, um, uh, I think uh, you know healthy part of it. You know, I've, I've been I've been healthy, uh, knock on wood. So. Uh, I know what, how I said many times. I know what I can do in this league when I'm healthy, and you know I feel good. And obviously, team is winning. A um, bunch of nice, good teammates and line mates that that help me. Obviously, uh, having a, a good year, you know. And, and obviously, uh, this is a team sport. So every time uh, the team's winning, you know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, everybody does well. Also spoke with Jeremy Swayman. What stat you most about you know, overall performance of the group today? Obviously, Krejci's the thousandth game. You know that's a special thing to be a part of. Uh, it was a motivation for us to you know play well, uh, make sure this was a great memory for him, and it definitely was. So that was a big thing that stands out to me. Um, you know, having a quick start, uh, starting on the get on the scoreboard early, and just maintaining a defensive pride. You know, the whole time, no matter how much we got up, guys were still blocking shots and. That's a special thing to have with a team like this. What does Krejci mean to this group? Uh, an incredible leader, an incredible friend, incredible teammate, and obviously an incredible player. You know, he's he he takes care of all ends of the ice. Um, you know, at the same time, he just has everyone's back and, and knows how to be that steady heartbeat in the room. Uh, that's special to have. You know, to basically everyone in here is a leader in their own way. But obviously, him being a Bruins legend uh, is something special to be said about that. The guys after the Seattle game talked about you know the response they hadn't lost two in a row and now you have that Toronto game and this one. What does it say about you know the group that you get a little bit wake up and then you reset and start to play your best hockey again? Yeah, it's a quick memory. You know we want to have uh, you know the drive to win every night, but if we don't have something that goes our way, we want to just forget about it, take the positives, and move on. And that's something special about this group is you know we take pride in not losing twice in a row and. Uh, you know, come playoff time, that's going to be the same mentality. It's going to prepare us for those tough games and tough stretches. Bruins' win of the week came a week ago against the Toronto Maple Leafs inside the TD Garden. It was tied 3-3 late in the third. Matt Grizzlick put them over the top with just a little over a minute to go in the game. Bruins end up winning. Here is Patrice Bergeron. Patrice, this felt like one of those kind of old-school rivalry games. How important was it if you guys come out on top, and how much did you want that? Yeah, I mean, you know... You, it's obviously a great team that we know that uh, are behind us in the standings, and um, yeah, you know we know that they play hard hockey, they play um, they play well, and they have good skills offensively. So we knew it was going to be a battle. We knew it was going to be a, a tight game, and that's what we got. You know, it was um, <clears throat> hard fought from uh, for 60 minutes, and you know, um, eventually we, we came out on top. But uh, that being said, you know, uh, it was uh, it was a good game on both sides. What's the significance of the Foligno bout? We don't see those types of bouts that as long and, and just bouts in general, but yeah. how did that kind of change things? No, it's, um, you know, I think it was a, a perfect example of um, to, to get us going, um, to give us some some energy, some uh, get our legs into it. And, um, you know, when you see a guy like that, it's been around for, for a long time that, um, you know, plays for... For the crest, but also for his teammates, and uh, to step up like that, obviously, is, it goes a long way. And um, um, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we talked about the energy in the building, but I think that to start the game is, um, you know, makes a. It's 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 a statement. It makes a big difference, and uh, um, you know, uh, got definitely the the energy uh, going for for us. I'm sure for both sides, but for us, for sure. Halfway through the year, how, how good is this team in, in your view? What, how good is this group? Yeah, I think we're good. I mean, I think it's, um, 
like anything, you want to get better. You want to. You don't want to stay there. You, you you're not satisfied. I think there's a lot of the areas of our game that we like. There's a lot of areas of our game they want to get better at. You know, and improve. So um, I think that's where we're at. Also spoke with the Bruins, Charlie Coyle. Charlie, this felt like a playoff style game, a game you guys wanted and you went and, and got. What does it mean for the group? It's oh, it's it's a big one for us, and that's the way it felt. That's the way we kind of had our mindset coming in. It was going to be a playoff like. Uh, atmosphere out there, and because uh, they're a team, we're probably gonna have to go go through, you know. And they're go, they're always there. They always get a good team. Um, they got the better of us early on in the year, and uh, we pride ourselves too coming back and playing well, especially against a team like that. And then, of course, after a loss, you know, we always say we don't want to lose two in a row, and um, and we showed it tonight. And of course, Leaner played a great game, and we had some some good contributions from a lot of guys. What's not doing the way you guys closed? You give up the goal, 3-3, and then it felt like you guys kind of dominated from that point. What was the mindset amongst the group? I think that's kind of been our MO the whole year is, is when things don't go your way, and not necessarily it's a goal against, but especially a goal against how can we get our game back right away? What can we do? Um, you can't just go out there and say, hey, we're going to score. you got to do the things that build up to that. And and right after that, we have you know shift after shift, line after line, kind of doing that and just – just playing a simple type of game and, and getting it down there and making it hard on them. Um, and that's a sign of a good team, and, and we do a lot of that. We've done a lot of that this year. Uh, so that's, that's stuff we got to you know, keep up and um, have those good responses uh, when we can. Taylor Hall gets the assist on the Grizz goal. What type of year has he had, particularly when it comes to playing in his own end? You obviously played with him a lot this year. I mean, he's, he's such a great player. We all know what type of player he is, and um, he's put up points, but also he's – He's had some some great great games where not necessarily getting points, but making plays, opportunities that just don't cross the goal line. Um, but it's he's such a factor with his speed and when he plays and um, it's I mean I remember playing against him. It's not fun, and for a guy like that to have the confidence that he plays in and, and uses speed down the wing and uh, create those opportunities for us. That's it's just another deadly weapon we have, and, and he brings that. Charlie Coyle right there on Taylor Hall. The Bruins will be next in action tomorrow, 7 o'clock inside the TD Garden against the San Jose Sharks. Now to the Celtics. Celtics best in the NBA, and they really needed this game against the Golden State Warriors on Thursday night inside the TD Garden. Of course, the Celtics have been driven largely by responding to their loss in the NBA Finals last year to the Warriors. They'd lost out in Golden State, and they were trailing for most of this game, but they came back to win, forced overtime, then won it in overtime. Celtics now 34-12 and on the season. Jason Tatum in this game did not shoot the ball well from the field, but was clutch from the line, 12-12 of there, grabbed 19 rebounds in the game for Boston, ended up with 34. I think, you know, I think the first time we played them in, uh, in San Francisco, I felt like we bought into that, right? Rematch of the finals, ABC game. Uh, first time back since we lost, you know, everybody wanted to win so bad. I think that was the first time all season that we played out of character, that we played tense. Um, and we just kind of had to talk about it today. Like, you know, the fact of the matter is we lost. We lost the championship. No one win can bring that back. We can't go back in time and change that. Um, so we didn't look at this as a rematch of the finals, right? It's just one game against a great team with great players and, you know, obviously a great coach. Uh, but it was just one game. Uh, you know, 
whether we won or lost tonight, you know, we didn't celebrate and hang a banner or anything. We still got a game on Saturday. Uh, so I think uh, just coming in with that mindset of, you know, it's January 19th. Uh, it's a Thursday, and we playing against a really good team. No reach, rematch of the finals, anything like that. Um, not make it bigger than anything it is. It's one game. They all count as one. Um, and I think, you know, we learned from that early in December, playing against them, and, uh, you know, just came out a little bit more relaxed today uh, than the first time. Steph Curry put on a show. Didn't shoot it great, particularly from three, six of 18 there, and missed a three. The end of regulation that allowed for the game to go to overtime. Al Horford was the X factor for the C's. 10 rebounds and 20 points for Horford in this game. At the age of 36, Horford continues to impress. Jalen Brown added 16. Marcus Smart, 18. Malcolm Brogdon off the bench with 14 for the C's, who again, best team in the NBA. Shift now to the Red Sox, who had their winter weekend in Springfield. And for Red Sox fans, still not a lot of anticipation regard to this season. If this Red Sox team is going to be competitive, fans feel like they need to prove it. And particularly when you're watching the Bruins and the Celtics and thinking about what they can accomplish in June, the Red Sox can wait a little bit before people get too amped up about their season. Let's talk a little about the Red Sox rotation, which can be heavily reliant on individuals who have been injured and injured a lot over the last couple of seasons in Chris Sale, as well as James Paxton at the top of the rotation. Of course, Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck in the mix, but they've had their share of injuries as well over the last uh, season. And really the only reliable person, Nick Pavetta, who will be a part of that rotation. But uh, he last year was not a high-end pitcher, particularly as much as he was in 2021. So that brings in Corey Kluber, a two-time Cy Young Award winner, but a person who himself has struggled with health and staying on the mound over the last couple of years and certainly has lost a lot of fastball velocity. Last year, he pitched for the Rays. year prior to that, he was at the Yankees. Here is Corey Kluber. Corey, when you look at this team, what kind of jumps out at you? What type of a club do you think that uh, you know this group can, can be? You know, I've, the last couple of years, I've obviously played against them a lot. So, you know, I feel like from, from that standpoint, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's a constant that they're going to, uh, you know, the Red Sox are going to be a team that's going to, fight, you know, from the first pitch to the, to the last. And, um, you know, I think that I know I've had a lot of, uh, tough, tough battles with them that, that, you know, that there's some games you go into and, you know, it's going to be a battle, you know, it's going to be a grind and I've had my fair share of those with them, not just the last couple of years, but throughout my career. Um, you know, it's, it's a team that I'm excited to be a part of instead of have to face. Looking at the Red Sox rotation next year, I mean, what have you seen from Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck, and obviously, you know, there is a lot of health reliance when it comes to this group with with Sale and um, and also James Paxton. How do you how do you see the group? I think it's a very talented group. Um, you know, I think that uh, those younger guys that you mentioned having the the chance to stay in the last couple of years, um, you know, their stuff really jumps out at you. Um, you know, you, you hear hitters. On the other side, after facing them, talk about you know how tough and bat it is, things like that. Um, obviously, everybody knows when when healthy, how tough and bat Chris and James are. So you know, I think that um, you know I'm excited to to get to spring training and 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 get going with the group. 
having been in the division the last couple of years, do you feel it's advantage you or hitters when there's you know, common knowledge about um, one another? I don't know. I think you could probably make the argument both ways. Um, I think that nowadays, especially with, with all the information that everybody has, um, I know there, there is a, a different aspect of, you know, firsthand facing a guy, whether it be pitching or hitting, but I do think that some of that familiarity stuff maybe is, you know, I, I think that if I was to go face somebody in the NL West, they could still get a pretty good familiarity with me based on what they can get scouting wise, game plan wise, that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't, and I, I feel like it works both ways again. Um, so I, I don't know if I believe wholeheartedly one way or the other. And of course, each matchup is different, right? I mean, you don't know what's going to be coming. You can try to predict, you know, based upon what you've seen from a pitcher in the the past, what the pitch sequencing is going to be. But certainly, I think there's advantages for a hitter in having a really good understanding about how a pitch moves, you know, how the the fastball moves, how the curveball moves, um, you know, change up, same thing. And you see that, and you see it consistently. Um, it becomes more hittable for the hitter, but a pitcher can certainly change everything around by you know messing with the sequencing or giving you something consistently in sequencing and then changing things up. So uh, the, it's going to be interesting to see you know, Kluber against the AL East this year, and in general, is he going to be able to uh, return to form? He's 36 years of age, did win the Cy Young Award twice. His wife's from the area, he's wanted to pitch here, and now he gets that opportunity uh, to pitch in Boston for this. Red Sox club. We go to the Patriots now. Patriots bringing in Bill O'Brien for an interview. Keenan McCardell as well for interviews for the open offensive coordinator spots. Uh, still yet to see what's going to happen with uh, Matt Patricia uh, and what the Patriots are going to do in regard to this offseason. They're going to be heavy looking into a wide receiver, a top wide receiver. Are they going to be set at the quarterback position with Mac Jones? Are they going to kick the tires on some other options? But what we do know is the Patriots have a really good budding star player in Marcus Jones. He was honored this year as a rookie. He's the best punt returner in the NFL. I talked with Marcus Jones after the team's disappointing final loss of the year in Buffalo against the Bills. Just talk about what today was like, you know, from an emotional standpoint with everything that was surrounding DeMar and all the positive emotions towards him and what was it like for you guys to come in here? Um, you know, with the DeMar situation, you know, you hate to see things like that happen in the game of football in general. Um, that's the main thing. And um, coming out here and playing and stuff, you know, we tried to, you know, run our game plan and everything like that. But they just had a better day than us and everything. And we got to respect that. That's a great football team over there. And, um, yeah. Did you feel like you were kind of walking into a storm today? You knew what you needed to do. You knew we needed to win this game. But given how emotional everybody was about DeMar, given how the Bills were going to come out, did you feel like coming into it, yeah, we can win, but this is going to be tough? We just knew that we got to come in with the right mindset, you know, come in and, you know, uh, execute our plays and make sure that we know what to do and how to do it and everything. So that's the main thing that we tried to focus on. What did you see as being, you know, the differences today in the, in the game? Obviously, Josh was able to extend a couple plays. The the ball that he threw to Diggs obviously was was phenomenal. What did you see as kind of being what separated the two teams? Um, the main thing is Josh. He he definitely knows where to put the ball at. You know, they, um, a lot of those players that's on the receiving end, they uh, you could tell they spend a lot of time with Josh 
because as soon as he scrambled, they know where to right. go and things like that. So uh, the chemistry is definitely there. It was just motion, and like they knew exactly where they were going after a, a play. And I want to talk about this year for you, obviously, where this is what an historic year for a rookie and really as a player as a whole. Like, how do you take that in? How do you uh, move forward off of what was a great season? The main thing is not being complacent. Uh, I'm one of those people that hate to do that and be complacent. So uh, I hate that the season ended how it ended and everything, but just work hard in the offseason and try to do more and everything, however I can help this team to win. Another player to watch next season is going to be Christian Barmore. Barmore is a part of a Patriots defense that you don't want to see change too much. I think they do need some more depth at the cornerback position. I like where they are with the linebackers, how they utilize the safeties in the box question looming obviously over Devin McCourty whether or not he is going to come back and play for the Patriots for another season but Christian Barmar when he was healthy this year particularly early he was drawing double teams he started to have success late in the year as well you see him as being a key part of this offensive line for years to come I talked with the Patriots second year player who's looking for a big third season next year in New England Christian just talk with today was like from you know emotional standpoint going out there the way the obviously the fans were fired up for for Demar and where things went from there um we were really happy um Demar was okay we they know we, we got on the field you know it was all about business and um really that was really they mean everybody was controlled everybody was ready to play because he was fine thank god he was good um you know we all came out there to play you know we didn't get the result we wanted but you know we played our behind off to me I think we did we did real well and you know just it's all about you know grinding from here you know how do you assess the job the defense did today against Josh Allen? Like it's kind of uneven where you were able to get some obviously good, good series and others where he was able to, uh, to get a little extended time, get the ball down the field. I mean, he's a good quarterback, you know, a real good quarterback. Um, and we got real good defense. You know, he had, you know, had a good, good – we had, he had a lot of good plays on him. We had a lot of good plays on him. So, you know, we was going to a battle. You know, he's a, he's a good quarterback. Looking at not going to the to the playoffs this year, how does that hit you, particularly given how this defense felt like it was one of the best defenses in the league this year? Um, we're gonna work, work to exhausting. See what I'm saying? Grind, you know, just get be better than, than before. To me, that's that's my that's our goal. That's my goal too. You know, just like me, you know, I had a little stuff going on in the beginning, and you know, it can't help you later. So my goal is not let not ever let that happen again and just, you know, be the best player I could be for the team. Do you feel like this team's in a better place now after two years that you guys were you know, obviously seeing the season come to a conclusion here last year? Oh, yeah, real well. To me, yeah, we, we work every day, man, grind every day, practice every day, and I feel like we, we, we're on we accomplishing a lot of good days. You know, we just got to keep doing it. We don't we not know how to finish, and I feel like we're going to do better every time, so we're going to get better every time. Yeah. How about year two for you? How would you, you know, assess it? feel like you come up strong here at the end, but as you mentioned, you know, the middle and the beginning, maybe not where you wanted it. Not really how I want it. But, you know, it's all about working and just grinding. And just, like, to me, like I said earlier, like, just won't let that happen again, you know, that little situation. So I just want to just, like, you know, go crazy in all season, work really hard, you know, and um, just be a better player. I could be the niche, better player next year than this year. That's my goal. Right, Christian Barmore right there. Again, B's and C's continue to be the best in the NHL and NBA, respectively. Continue to follow them on the show. Take a look at what's going on with the Patriots in the offseason. NFL playoffs continue this weekend as well. And the latest on the Red Sox also, as they have reportedly come to terms with Adam Duval, who was a great player for the Braves in 2021. Didn't have a great season last year. But a left-hand bat and an individual that uh, could uh, have a significant role with the Red Sox. They continue to pick up parts 
But is are the parts going to create something good? Well, we'll have to see throughout the course of the 2023 season. Thanks so much for joining us for the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. We'll be back with you next week here on these same stations.